You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 41 of Podcast PXN. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Frindle, a.k.a. Dan is DTM on Twitter, and I am joined over Discord by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak, and the Nintendo aficionado two weeks in a row, Roro. What's going on, guys? What's what's your nickname according to Xbox? I want to be clear on that. Well, my nickname's Dan is DTM, so that doesn't that doesn't have anything to do with Xbox <laughs> or anything. I want to be clear. Uh, whatever. I'm the True. Xbox. We gotta get you a nickname. I'm the Xbox Mastro. I don't know. Yes. Something stupid. Uh, <laughs> anyways, thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN and you will find us on there. We have a brand new stream set up that we are doing with YouTube. So it looks a little bit different. So uh, give us your thoughts on that. Uh, the topic of the show this week is literally all the freaking news we've gotten. Uh, originally it was going to be, yeah, originally it was going to be EA play, but uh, their event was kind of lackluster, so we went with this. But first, the show always starts with the BXN news of the week, so let's go ahead and jump right in, which that is our topic of the show is PXN news of the week. First item, we have EA play event, so... Uh, obviously, guys, this event was pretty lackluster uh, in terms of what they actually showed off. Um, but first up, we have a new skate game that they announced. Uh, I'm not sure. Is this the first game we've ever gotten where they announced the game and didn't even show a logo, uh, didn't show gameplay, didn't show anything? Like, they literally just showed a guy on the screen saying, yeah, man, skate's coming. Like. I wouldn't say it's the first time, but it's definitely maybe the most recent in today's world where, hell, even Nintendo gave us a uh, logo for Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was like three years ago. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that people have been asking for for a really long time for them to return to that uh, franchise. So I guess it was enough for people. I think that the event, like you were saying, is pretty lackluster, but that announcement kind of made it a little worth it, a little yeah. worth it for some people, yeah. Yeah, the last one, I believe, was 2010, and I know people still, like, play that and create and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um, but it's obviously been over a decade since a new one, yeah. but that's a tricky market this year, mm-hmm. given the remasters of Tony Hawk, so... yeah, I think nostalgia is gonna win with that comparison and i see what you did there speaking of Tony Hawk, <laughs> and yes i had to move this because sean said oh let's move this next to the skate okay sean we'll do that tony hawk pro skater <laughs> one and two is getting a warehouse demo on august 14th uh i don't know did they say i i remember seeing on twitter that they said that uh in order to play one of the demos i don't know if it's this one that you have to pre-order the game or is that is that just like to get early access do you know oh that i'm not 100 percent sure of because gotcha. it's not like something it's something i'm gonna play yeah. but it's not something i'm gonna pre-order yeah so i i don't see their 
plus you could just get it digitally anyways um yeah. i'd be surprised if they want i think this is more of a show of good faith given how many people were scorned by tony hawk pro skater 5 yeah and they want to make sure that they're separating themselves with that late entry um with these remasters and obviously in both games you start out in the warehouse so it just makes sense to show off what's been updated and what's been kept the same sure absolutely uh, so, yeah, I'm just reading it here. It says, in order to access the demo, you'll need to pre-order the digital version of the game from the PlayStation Store. Ooh. Their their demo is set to release August 14th for okay. PS4 and all platforms. Gotcha. So, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not <laughs> sure. Do you guys think that you guys will? I know, Sean. You said you probably. Uh, you probably wouldn't necessarily buy this but you would probably play the demo i'm assuming would you probably oh i'm out? gonna buy it i just didn't oh it doesn't strike me as a day one purchase sure. that's my yeah. only thing oh, okay. um gotcha. it, it's i look at it as a nostalgic game similar to like i mean just a, maybe a loose example i know you really love fallout new vegas yeah if they did a remaster of that okay you want that but is that necessarily going to be a day one purchase for you if you can hold off or something? Yeah, I think it depends on what's out at the time. Obviously, there's certain times where there's so many games coming out and you're like, oh, my God, I can't keep up. But uh, if it was in a dead period, I would totally buy a new Vegas remaster right away. But this fall is not going to be a dead period at all. Oh, no, not at all. You're correct on that. Uh, moving on. Uh also at the EA Play event, we got a look at Star Wars Squadrons, which is the new, uh, basically, dogfighting game using Star Wars vehicles. And uh, I thought it actually looked really good. Uh, I don't know that they necessarily showed it the best way that they could have. Uh, it took them a long time to actually get to the gameplay, per se. Uh, but once they got to the gameplay, I, I feel like it, it looks really beautiful and... Uh, as long as they can deliver like a really good story, I'm all, all in for this. Uh, Roro, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with what you just said. I I, I like the gameplay. I, I agree, it looks really beautiful. Um, I like the customization options that you can have on the ship with uh, the different types of uh, perks, I guess you can give your ship. And the, obviously the cosmetics, I saw the little, uh, what are those little Endor guys called? Ewoks. The Ewoks, yeah. There was like a little Ewok bobblehead yeah. on somebody's ship, and I was like, oh yeah, okay, I'm in for the customization part. Um, but the gameplay, the dogfighting, all that totally spoke to me. I, I remember saying last week, like, okay, another EA Star Wars game. I'm not too big on Star Wars right now. I need to see gameplay before I decide if I really want this game, like most people, obviously. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I thought... I thought the gameplay looks pretty fun. I don't know if this is a day one purchase, but it definitely is something that I'm interested in Sweet. after seeing the gameplay. Yeah, Sean. yeah, it's definitely more on my radar now. I mean, given we didn't really get anything the week before of it, more of just a like a a weird cinematic trailer that was very very brief. Um, but it definitely piques my interest a little bit more, especially with nostalgia for old Rogue Squadron games um, from like the '64 and GameCube. Um, but EA has, in my mind, really only had one great success with Star Wars since the license, and that's Jedi Fallen Order. So True. they are a lot more missed than hit. So, And I know they also announced that they hope to continue their partnership moving forward 
So I'd be very surprised if Disney does the same thing because they've obviously made it known that they don't want to do an exclusivity deal anymore. Yeah. But if EA throws enough money at them, I can see them also going it that way. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, like you said, I'm not sure if Disney would give them longer. Like they, they've had ten years, and like we were talking about a couple few months ago they haven't put out many games it's just like it's insane what they've wasted with the star wars license like they've put out what like three four triple a games in that time it just feels like they wasted so much time three in a mobile game i think i know the mobile game is very popular but still that's not what you're getting with the star wars license is a mobile card game yeah for sure um moving on this one uh i'm sure would have caught sean's attention from 2019 uh very true very true apex legends is coming to the nintendo switch which they announced at ea play as well uh obviously this is gonna be the highest fidelity version of apex legends (laughs) by far (laughs) hey pathfinder doesn't need fidelity okay he just needs mobility right yeah, I, I already know people complain about pe- playing Apex on console uh, for having frame rate problems. Like on Xbox One X, I believe, uh, there's issues. If you're playing in 4K, it, it dips quite a bit. Uh, so I, I just don't know anyone who wants to play Apex in such a low quality and low frame rate. Like this is going to be 30 f- or less frames per second, and it's not going to be visually very good. So why... I guess I don't know who this is for exactly. Well, so the thing that we joked about, like my um, my friend group, as far as like uh, Emily and Chris, um, is like, say we're going somewhere and like we're hanging out with all our friends and they all know not to talk to us when we're talking about Apex. Yeah. Because uh, even though I'm out of it at this point, we still talk about it because I, I still keep up with the news for it. Um, but like then we could just go off to the side and all bring our switches and play because that is a cool thing that your character does carry over. So just like Fortnite, where you can carry any of your progression over to any system, they're doing the same thing with Apex Legends, which I mm-hmm. I think is a very smart move, especially if you do want to get people to play that on the Switch, because you have no motivation to do so otherwise. Roro, did you ever play Apex? I, I... Yeah, I, I I played a lot when it, when it came out. Um, I really like it. I think it was a great like shake up for the battle royale scene uh, and they a lot of what they did have been implemented in other games ever since yeah um it being on the switch definitely doesn't motivate me to come back to it like you were saying i don't know who this is for but i agree with what sean is saying the portability of it um is always a plus with these switch ports but this just reminds me of like overwatch coming to the switch and I don't know who plays it on on the just switch. like fan service basically yeah. yeah yeah it's yeah it's for the people who i guess don't have a ps4 or ps pc or really want to play it on the go when they're not at home playing it on their ps4 i guess yeah so i was a pathfinder daniel was lifeline what was your main i played wraith a lot mm, nice. oh, yeah yeah, we have a nice diversity of yeah. characters there. <laughs> like... She's got the smallest hitbox, so it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, so yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, I I think if it was a game that was a single player game, like it makes sense. Like Witcher Three, it doesn't run great, it doesn't look great, but 
I understand people who want to play that like on the go and such, but like multiplayer games, like nine times out of ten, if I'm going somewhere and like playing a multiplayer game, I'll just bring my you know console, I'll just bring my Xbox or my PlayStation, whatever, and plug that in wherever I'm going. But I guess if you don't have that luxury, but you can get Wi-Fi somewhere, uh, I guess I could see this. That would make sense. Um, so yeah, that's kind of cool. Uh, moving on to the final thing they announced at EA Play. This is why EA Play did not make our topic of the show because it was not that exciting. But uh, Joseph Fares, uh, who is actually the creator of A Way Out and uh, Brothers, the game, the Xbox 360 arcade game. Uh, both also those... the fuck the Oscars tagline. Yes, yes, that guy. <laughs> he, I absolutely love everything he's worked on, Brothers and A Way Out. I really love both of those games. Uh, I think A Way Out was a very unique uh, experience, uh, co-op experience that you got to play with other another person. Uh, and I really liked how they gave you a free copy to give to a friend as well, essentially. Uh, Smart move, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that was really cool so i'm all for whatever this game is it's just they didn't really show a whole lot from it they kind of just showed like screens of like the environments and stuff like that they didn't really show the gameplay he did talk about how it's basically like you're going to be playing marinettes essentially uh so that's kind of an interesting idea uh i know uh one game that tried that uh on 360 uh and used connect was uh gun stringer i think it was what it was called uh made by twisted pixel uh that was kind of an interesting experience because you were essentially like controlling the uh marionette so it's very similar to that playstation um, had an exclusive too on the ps3 i can't remember the exact name but like it was very little big planet-esque where yeah. you like got to switch your head and all this stuff hmm. um I, I remember it was a ps plus game i wish i remember the name of it i remember playing it. i just can't remember the name interesting uh, th- and this is coming 2021. Uh, have you guys checked out their previous games, Brothers or A Way Out, or are you guys interested in this at all? Um, I haven't played A Way Out. That's something that's still been on my radar for a while. Um, I, it's because I kind of want to play it with somebody. I know there's there's online for it, right? You can play it. Yes, um, yes, yeah. there is. And the online so, play, I think it still splits your screen uh, as well, yeah. I believe. So I might give it a try because I like, uh, what's his name, um, the creator. Uh, oh, yeah, Joseph Fares. Yeah, he's he's crazy, yeah. as he says. He, he's, he, he owns it. Um, so, <laughs> and the, the game that he was explaining, like he says, is going to blow our minds. I love the way he's so passionate about the games that he is behind. So I definitely want to support them. Um, I just haven't gotten around to supporting them, I guess. But I am excited for his next game for sure sounds He's like a less douchey <laughs> cliffy b yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true they know there, there's a hate of the week for you <laughs> oh god you, you don't like cliffy uh, b i just i think he's too cocky <laughs> all right all right fair enough he's not the end all be all but brothers i never played way out as well but i love brothers um it was very interesting to figure out that control scheme at first um with how you have to play it uh but it was still a very interesting game actually an incredibly sad game mm-hmm. uh climbing in the mountain and everything but still an amazing amazing game altogether i know he won a ton of accolades too so i mean he just keeps doing his thing with the studio and everything so good for him and fuck the oscars, and fuck the oscars. <laughs> <laughs> moving on 
the next one we've got crash bandicoot 4 has been announced with the subtitle it's about time i feel like it's missing like it's about damn time like something i don't know it's still rated e yeah that's true that's true uh this podcast is not rated e by the way not anymore Uh, no Uh, hasn't been since episode one yeah that's true when i said no cursing and then i cursed the first like 10 minutes or something uh this it's coming October second. Uh, I think this is super cool. Uh, I'm not really a huge Crash Bandicoot fan, but I have a lot of memories of Crash Bandicoot. Uh, I used to play that play it in the uh, basement of my babysitter. Essentially, that uh, I had to wait for the bus or whatever there, and uh, I never owned a PlayStation, but her son owned a PlayStation, so I would always experience that like right before school, early in the morning. So. I think it's super interesting they're bringing this IP back after um, after the collection, the trilogy did so well uh, that they remastered. Uh, so I think this is this is exciting for Crash fans, I believe. Um, what about you guys? Yeah. What do you think? I would 100% agree. As a Crash fan, um, I obviously I rebought the collection. Um, I bought Crash Team Racing as well, which they have continued support of that uh for now like two years like there's still online tournaments going on new characters being added consistently and it's always for free yeah um and i mean granted i have no idea who any of the characters are <laughs> uh because i didn't really play any of the spinoffs or the i guess the continuation on like ps2 um just because i was out of that time but uh it looks great uh, it really does uh i love the first three maybe minus the last couple levels in the first one because even with the remastered they were very hard to go back to um they're not exactly they're not at that point they weren't skilled platforming they were it felt more like luck platforming and that kind of carried over um but i'm assuming that since like you said the collection did so well they were kind of testing the water to see what everything happened. And now that this has been announced, I'm assuming they've done their due diligence as far as making it a crash of today. Yeah. I, I don't have much more to say than echoing what uh, Sean just said, but I love the, the style, like how they, the, how they reimagine the characters ever so slightly, but it looks so, it looks so awesome. It's like, uh, it reminds me of kind of uh, the Rash and Clank remakes. It's very vibrant, the colors and everything. I just love how what they did with that, the characters. It looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, like, this generation is PS4's, like, color generation. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> PS3 was all grays and beige and all that stuff, and now they're like, hey, by the way, we can actually add, like, the rainbow to the, the color. The color palette, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I think that kind of started like right out of the gate with uh, Killzone Shadowfall. That game, like the previous Killzone games, were so dull and gray, and then that game came out and it was such a pretty game. Uh, yeah, you saw grass that was green. It was shocking. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, moving on, we have some newer uh, information today. This just came out today, I believe. Uh, Ashraf Ismail. So. Uh, this guy has been the director of uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and then Assassin's Creed Origins. Uh, so he's kind of been on the main team, so to speak, uh, for the Assassin's Creed games. And uh, he was actually leading Valhalla's development, which is coming out this fall. Uh, he apparently is stepping down from leading the Assassin's Creed Valhalla team uh, after there has been allegations of extramarital affairs. Uh, so we're not going to really go into like that aspect of it. I think we're more 
going to focus on the aspect of like how this is going to affect development, I guess. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to speculate like what's going on in his personal life or anything like that. But, uh, I just hope that anyone affected in this situation, uh, ends up okay. Um, and it's definitely a, a tough situation. Uh, but as far as development, uh, I feel like they are kind of on like the last, you know, run, so to speak, uh, up to development. I feel like someone who's a director, I feel like them leaving like at the last uh, second of a project, I don't feel like is as big of a deal as if they were leaving like a year and a half ago or something. Uh, just because everything I feel like is already set in the game. Uh, what do you guys think? What do you think this is going to have an effect on Valhalla, if at all? Um, I don't think it'll have too much of an effect. Like you were saying, I think they are pretty well on their way um, with not really needing him, I guess, at this point. I think the development team can uh, push through and and get it done. I don't. I hope we don't see a delay because of this. I. I don't. I don't really think we will. Though I think they. Uh, they will continue the path of getting it out by by their release date. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I would say Valhalla is probably the quintessential third part third party launch game mm. uh, for the next gen consoles. So I have a feeling that even though I know they haven't announced that his replacement, whoever it is, is going to be somebody that was pretty integral into mm. all aspects of the creative director position. Um, so I, I just, there's so many people that make those games. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's global too, like all parts of the world work on it. So I, I think with that many people essentially having their hands in the cookie jar, it's hard for it to basically get screwed up on the last leg. Now that's not saying it can't, but yeah. I, I think at this point, if you're at that point, you're more or less working out bugs and kinks in the armor um i think you should be pretty good to go at this point yeah i, I mean remember we got a gameplay trailer guys yeah that's yeah. true <laughs> yeah we got a gameplay trailer that showed not no gameplay uh yeah probably we should be worried yeah exactly <laughs> worried about the marketing team <laughs> yeah exactly um Moving on, this this story has me very excited. I'm not sure about you guys uh, or if you guys are interested in this developer. Uh, you should be if you aren't. But from Eurogamer, apparently Rocksteady is working on a Suicide Squad game. Uh, both Suicide Squad, which had the domain filled out as Kill the Justice League. That's like the subtitle, essentially. Uh, and Batman Gotham Knights, which was also registered... Uh, will be teased at the DC Fundome event in August. So we finally have some kind of credible information of what Rocksteady is working on. I think this is very exciting. And I actually heard Ryan McCaffrey talking about this this week on Unlocked. And uh, he made a great point that there was a rumor out there a while ago that uh, the just they were rumored to be making a Justice League game uh in like the silver age or whatever it's called and yeah silver age of the comics yeah and like maybe that's tied into this game somehow where maybe you play like two different sides of, of the game the only reason why i maybe am a little skeptical of that is why would they call it a suicide squad game but i think that would be super interesting to have an aspect of suicide squad and an aspect of justice league and you play each side i think that would be super interesting 
Um, and more Batman. Yeah, more Batman. I'm all for. What, what, yeah. do, you, what do you think, Rora? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see uh, this game. The Suicide Squad is a is a cool group of characters. Um, if the Justice League is in the game, I honestly would like to play the Justice League a little bit more than the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but again, if if we get to play both sides, that'll be interesting. The only thing that's kind of making me think we won't be able to is just because both sides are such huge groups of characters. It might be a little hard to, I don't know, to put that into gameplay. If there's so many, like, you got Superman, you got Batman, you got Wonder Woman, and then on the other side, you got a whole host of different uh, baddies as well. Agreed. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to, to see the what they have to show at the DC Fundome in August and get some more answers. There have been so many different uh, leaks coming out of Rocksteady. I'm glad we're finally getting going to get some, hopefully some answers. Yeah. Like that TMNT so, game. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually a little bit more disappointed than you guys. Um, I'm not a fan of the Suicide Squad. Um, in my opinion, I, I think this is kind of just jumping off the popularity of the movie, even though the movie was crap. Oh, God. Um, yeah, that was awful. Yeah, I was not a fan. And the most interesting character is technically Amanda Waller, but even she is like, a poor man's Nick Fury because she just comes off so hateful towards everything except for like the bottom line. And it's just, I don't know. I was never that big into them. Um, especially it depends on like, I guess what format they're going to go with um, justice league. Are they going to use shark head? Are they going to use the movies, how they did killer croc? Mm. Uh, is it going to be led by dead shot or is it going to be led by death stroke? Like how it actually is like, so it's it'll kind of be hard to tell that. What would excite me is if the uh, Batman Knights is a thing because yeah. it was teased last year about the Court of Owls, yeah, and that is such a good comic storyline that that would be the game that I'd want. I mean, truthfully, I'd want a Superman game because I think they could be the first people to ever pull off a Superman game. But I'm not getting that. I know that. Um, but. I would much rather this be a Court of Owls type game and kind of see where that goes in that direction than anything with Justice League or Suicide Squad. Yeah, uh, and the it's important to note the Gotham Knights uh, trademark probably is linked to uh, their Montreal studio that's making uh, the Batman game because Rocksteady isn't making the Batman game. Yeah, um, yeah, you're you're right. I just like I said, I just hope. <laughs> yeah i mean montreal hasn't had a game in what since batman uh Arkham seven is that was origins that, yeah was that seven or eight years ago i can't remember man that was but a rock said he's also five years at this point yeah yeah it was <laughs> a long time ago um yeah i i i personally i have more faith that rock because what were the good batman games before rock made arkham asylum like there weren't many good Batman games. So that's the only reason why I'm like, okay, maybe they can do something awesome. I don't know. Maybe it's dumb. Uh, Batman maybe. Beyond Return of Joker for PlayStation 1, duh. 
Oh, no, no, it's considered one of the worst games of all time, Daniel. Don't look it up. Yeah. Okay. I was like, uh, what? what is that? <laughs> it's awful. Okay. I was obsessed with Batman Beyond, and I was like, oh, I want to play this. I'm like, oh, great. It sucks. All right. All right. <laughs> Moving on to our next story, into some Nintendo news. Min Min, which I have no idea who that is, by the way. So, Roro, you may have to help me out here. From Arms is joining Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on June 29th. Um, Roro, what do you know about this character? Because I literally never played Arms. <laughs> yeah, so Min Min is just a, a playable character in Arms, and that's really all I can say. There's not really a, a huge no backstory. No backstory. <laughs> yeah. um, she's she's a ramen chef. I'm pretty sure. Uh, that's pretty much all I, I know about her. That's um, a Nintendo game. <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot of people are are happy that she was the one that was chosen. People wanted uh, another character called Twintel to be the arms character just because she's kind of hot but mm. people are happy that she was the second choice i think as well um as for me i'm totally cool with Min being the one who was chosen i was rooting for her to be the arms character um but yeah she seemed to be like a, a ranged melee fighter real quick sorry guys You're good. No but she looks to be like a kind of a ranged character and we don't have a lot of those in Smash right now, besides uh, like the Castlevania characters and all of them use a whip. So it's kind of cool to see a different variation on that archetype. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed ARMS for the time for when it, after release, so I'm excited to try her out in I Smash. Th I thought it was kind of cool that uh, how they like detailed how she attacks, like uh, you mm. press don't you press like the x and the or i forget the buttons on nintendo all the time but yeah. you press the two buttons and the one button does the left hand and the one's the right hand like that's unique mm -hmm. to that character right First yeah and it's unique to the to the game too like you have to press a certain button button to hit with the, your left hand and if you want to hit with the right hand you have to press another set of buttons yeah. it's cool that they they've been doing really well with uh, each character that they put into the game to have something unique from their actual game yeah. somehow translate into the Smash Brothers games, so they've been really good in keeping the the integrity of the characters intact when bringing them over. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I definitely agree with you. Every special character they they've brought in, they've kind of made each one unique. I mm -hmm. absolutely agree with you. Um, moving on to more Nintendo news, Nintendo is apparently reportedly stepping away from mobile games after being underwhelmed by the performance. <laughs> So this is crazy. I feel like it was, what, like a year, maybe two ago that they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to focus on mobile games, put out all these mobile games, which they put out a couple. They put out uh, Mario Run and Mario Kart and um, yeah. Pokemon Go, which technically that's not Nintendo. That's, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this, I guess. Um, I feel like they kind of didn't get the full potential of the platform in my opinion i feel like they were on the right track with like mario run and and stuff like that because it's catered to that experience uh meanwhile being a different experience like you're you're using the touch screen in a more interesting way uh i just feel like they had a lot more opportunity to do that with other games that it kind of sucks that they're not going to uh make more mobile games i guess um what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm not 
I shouldn't say I'm not too surprised, but I understand why they are stepping down because they really haven't had much success besides like there's the Fire Emblem game that was really huge. I think it's is still pretty pretty huge among its players. Um, Animal Crossing Pocket Camp was was a big one too, but besides that, a lot of people have fallen off pretty quick. Like there was the the hype of when it first releases, and then kind of don't hear about it. After that, like uh, with Mario Kart Tour, people weren't too happy with how that one yeah. turned out. Um, Mario Run was it was pretty good, but I, I I feel like it it died off as quick as it started for a lot of the games besides Fire Emblem. For sure. Yeah, I mean Mario Kart Tour, I was actually obsessed with for a while. Addicted. Like I did play that every two weeks. <laughs> Um, and like when they updated everything for it, can you guys hear me? I just want to make sure. Yeah, okay. you were addicted to it, Sean. Yeah, I was addicted to it. I always played it, but I saw the fallacies in it. I just wanted some sort of mobile Mario Kart. Um, there was a lot of backlash when it came to Mario Run because no one liked the nine ninety nine price point. Mobile games still have a huge barrier when it comes to a higher price point than like ninety nine cents or even free. Most people don't want to pay that for something on their phone, even if it has high quality. Daniel, you and I talk about how you and I used to compete at work on like, oh, did you get like the final like green coins on this level or how'd you do that? That type of thing. Yeah. So it was definitely an impressive venture. It just wasn't thought of well for marketing. Yeah. And they made millions. You're right, Roro, as far as on um, Fire Emblem. Uh, when it came, I think they showed it, but their last two releases were Dr. Mario and Mario Kart Tour, both of which underperform massively. Um, part of it is obviously the formula when it comes to mobile. I mean, I was, I love Dr. Mario, but I was so disheartened by the way they changed that up that I deleted it like 10 seconds after I bought it because yeah. it was just not a good game. Um, so it's just continuation of. I think overestimating the reach of their IPs and also the invention of it on mobile. And plus, I, I'd say they don't have to continue to. The Switch is doing great. I mean... Switch is their mobile market. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, I get it. Maybe not everybody has it on them at all times, but, like, still, it has been kicking ass and taking names consistently. Now it might change this holiday season. Who hey, knows? But That's trademarked. You can't say that. <laughs> it's got boots on the ground how about that boots on the ground yeah <laughs> oh, yeah i mean it's it's i i agree with you it's not really a surprise that this wasn't gonna last this isn't where nintendo really wanted to be i think they felt forced due to the japanese market um that since mobile gaming owns japan that they wanted to make sure that their foothold was in it but it was not going to translate to the rest of the world sure uh, moving on, we have another Nintendo news story, and this is kind of coming off the back of last week where we had some, uh, Pokemon news. Uh, Pokemon Unite has been announced. Uh, it looks like a MOBA. I don't know if they said it's a MOBA, but it looks very much like a MOBA. It looks like the gameplay looks very similar to, like, a League of Legends such, uh, type of game. Uh, and I think the art style looks really interesting on this game. It's, uh, kind of like a cartoon-esque, like anime-esque, uh, art style. I really actually like the, uh, art style of it. Uh, it's apparently a 5v5 multiplayer game. 
which uh, you know that right there is league of legends type of game uh score points in the opponent's scoring areas you can level up your pokemon and unlock new moves uh it's free to start yet again one of nintendo's coin terms uh and it's coming pokemon company pokemon company let's get it right yeah well there you go pokemon company whatever you want to they're still technically I, i they have a close relationship with nintendo but uh, and this game is coming to Switch and mobile with cross-play support. So this, I don't know how well this is going to work on mobile, I guess, is my only question. I feel like this would be a really interesting Switch game. Uh, I'm just not sure how that will translate to, to uh, mobile. Um, don't what, forget the power of Pokemon, dude. Remember yeah. Go. Remember, and you were addicted yeah. to Go. That's true, but that's a lot more accessible playing that than uh, playing like a hardcore, you know, League of Legends esque type of game. I don't know that it has a, as low of a, a barrier of entry. Uh, but remember, Pokemon is essentially a JRPG that is incredibly. Uh, accessible to both children and adults so league of legends is not something that's accessible to a lot of people unless you were like dive really deep into it so if somebody's going to find a way i think it's going to be them to kind of get a lot of people involved that's fair roro uh what do you think about that yeah i agree with sean i think uh if anybody's going to make a moba accessible i feel like it would be the pokemon company slash nintendo um very yeah, the, <laughs> I, uh, I, the only thing about this is just how they split up the the announcements that has a lot of fans pretty frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, the video is now like 150, 145k dislikes to 70k likes. Jesus. And yeah, it's not, and I don't know if it's because people don't want to play a Pokemon MOBA more so than what they were expecting and maybe their expectations were a little bit out of um, proportion in the first place, which is kind of normal for Nintendo fans at this point. Yeah. They always expect a little bit more than they should <laughs> when it comes to these kind of directs. But I feel like they kind of set us up how they ended the last week's stream saying like, oh, we've got one more announcement where this could totally have easily been in the previous one, I think. It, I don't think this warrants a, a separate presentation, in my opinion. Agree, yeah, especially so close together. Yeah, and last week, again, Nintendo fans always reading into shit. Or stuff, sorry, excuse me. Oh, you're <laughs> um, good. We do sorry. it all the time. <laughs> um, behind Ishirama in, Ishihara, sorry, in the last uh, Presents, there was like a, a whole row of Gen 2 Pokemon. So I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to do a Let's Go remake of Gen 2 like they did for uh, Shino with Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee. Let's go. And people were like, why would they put a whole row of Gen 2 Pokemon if they're not going to do that? And obviously, we got Pokemon Unite. So I understand why people are disappointed. I understand why we shouldn't have, get our hopes up. But at the same time, Pokemon Unite should have been in last week's presents in my opinion yeah to to kind of avoid all this negative press i guess but press any press is good press 
Yeah, I agree. And it's not like this announcement took like 30 minutes for them to put on. I mean, yeah, yeah, it was a short little presentation. They could have easily fit this in, in their other presentation and it would have tempered the expectations because they wouldn't have been saying, hey, there's another event next week with something big. Like, if they wanted to split them up, they should have done Pokemon Snap this week. Yeah, yeah, true. That, that would have lit the night on fire. Yeah, by I agree. Itself. That that would have been the play. I agree completely. Well, it's like Nintendo, I think, is squandering at this moment this whole summer. So, like, we already saw Sony's big showcase that even though they even weren't going to E3, but it, you could tell that it was a presentation that they were preparing for that time. Microsoft has one in just a pretty much a few days, but obviously weeks. Um, and we know about that. And we know nothing about Nintendo besides rumored Mario remasters and possibility of Breath of the Wild 2 coming out this year. But that's just our hope. That's not a guarantee or anything. No, Sean, that's coming coming the same day as Forbidden West, remember? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I, I don't know what exactly Nintendo's doing right now when it comes to this summer and their marketing. It's... It doesn't, they have all this momentum going for them uh, coming into COVID. Uh, and I really hate to say it like that, but you can still barely find Switches. Um, they're in stock better, but like across the world, Switches are so hard to find because everybody's playing Animal Crossing or something to, you know, cure the boredom as opposed to like an Xbox or a PlayStation. So it's like you are doing great to continue the console war and, almost have it in your favor even still with the new consoles coming out so it's like what are you showing in the meantime and right now nothing yeah i agree i agree completely uh sean this is going to be a news story that i'm going to let you take control of but bloodstained curse of the moon 2 has been announced i have no idea from here this is why i'm passing it to you and roro get stoked um roro did you ever play uh bloodstained curse of the moon the first one I have not. No. So, so this is all you. <laughs> are you a fan of like Castlevanias or Metroidvanias? I do like Metroidvanias. I, for some reason, have not played Castlevania yet. Okay. So uh, this was actually, there was a, another game obviously called uh, Bloodstained. I can't remember the hyphen, but just think of some that. random horror stuff and you're good to go. Yeah. Um, he just said but, the whole name, Sean. I didn't hear it. I was talking was about it. Ritual of the Night or something? Ritual of the Night. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I actually played that, Daniel, through your Xbox Game Pass on PC. It was okay. Not a terrible fan of it or anything like that. I mean, it was the art style is very weird. It didn't control as smooth as I was hoping. But what Bloodstained Curse of the Moon was, was an 8-bit, almost a D-make, I guess you could say, that was a stretch goal on Kickstarter um, that universally loved. Um, it wasn't too long uh, i think it was like maybe six missions or something like that but four playable characters tons of replayability in itself and it was just very cool to have that like 8-bit style and almost make you feel like you're playing your uh, old castlevania again um and so it's very surprising that we're getting a sequel coming to all the platforms uh when this was just a goal of theirs this wasn't the original game uh and yeah. we don't hear anything about ritual of the night simply a lot of it has to do with the technical issues that they had at launch um but like it's really cool that they're actually doing a sequel of this 8-bit d make um and have it now for fans it says soon too yeah that's super cool super super cool i'm very excited john 
not. You won't play it, I know. Yeah, I won't play it. I'm sorry. But it's a Metroidvania, so I will. Yeah. I, I like Metroidvanias, but uh, I don't know. You I've like never... one series of Metroidvanias, and that's Ori. Eh, that's not true. Technically, technically, Arkham Asylum is a Metroidvania. Technically. So... No, it wouldn't. Uh, I hate you. Technically, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I'm just throwing that out there, and I love that game. <laughs> so, moving on, Marvel's Avengers will be a launch title on both next gen consoles with next gen upgrades coming for free as well. So, this is very good news. Uh, sounds like they're going to use smart delivery on Xbox, and then PlayStation owners will also get the game for free as well. Uh, upgraded when that when that uh, console comes out uh this is very exciting for people who are excited about this game now they had an event today where they showed off some new stuff i didn't get a chance to look at it because i was literally working up to the last second of us going live here uh i don't know if you guys had a chance to check out their uh, event that they had today or not but uh i'm kind of you know lukewarm on this game so far i kind of want to see more so i i will dive into that uh event to see watch what the they event today yeah I'll um sh- road you get a chance i did actually watch it i i haven't seen the whole thing yet i've seen a pretty good portion of okay. it um it got me pretty excited for it i thought it looked pretty good yeah i actually got off the lukewarm train that daniel's on and yeah. like I actually want to play this game now. Really? Um, yeah, I was a little taken back by the melee co-op online type stuff at first because I mm-hmm. I just don't see that working. Same thing with Godfall coming to PS5 later this year. I, I don't know how that really translates, but yeah. I mean, one, you have to have faith in this license because it's Marvel. Um, but two, it actually, like, and maybe Roro, you can speak more to it. it if you got a chance to look at it, but like it gave me like destiny vibes with the customizations and the leveling up and all that stuff. But it made you, because these are characters that you possibly care about. Like you have more of an attachment to like what you're doing with them. Yeah. I, the menus were straight up destiny when they went into like Mm -hmm. the the actual menus, (laughs) like the, all the customizations and the, the elements, I guess that you could put on Tony's uh, arc reactor like gamma, like there's all this stuff that you can play with. And like you were saying, the characters, you care about these characters, so it's so cool to see them. Uh, ha- you can have your own, like they were saying in the actual event, like you could have your own Natasha, you could have your own Iron Man, and if you're playing multiplayer, it's going to play completely different to somebody else's Natasha or Iron Man. And it, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to customize that. All that spoke to me, so yeah, it's pretty cool. And they actually made, like, I, I think they're doing a lot by uh, Miss Marvel like actually making her i know there was a little bit of backlash because it's like she's a new avenger like i want like the original type deal but she actually looks uh pretty cool um from all the like especially with just her limbs and just her ability to change her um i guess her size um and i i like that like when you and your friends are fighting an opponent if you get them to like their stagger point then whoever you're with you could almost do like a um sorry uh like a finisher but it's like a dual finisher and the one they showed was miss marvel and the hulk and like she basically got hulk big more or less for it and like you see them both doing that it just it actually looked really cool i love the the customization that you're talking about like i saw an old valhalla comes out this year 
uh, Assassin's Creed, and you got like a old Thor Valhalla costume. I saw that in the background, and I was like, that would be pretty dope to actually like be like this old ass Thor and like old Viking garb, more or less. Yeah. Um, the skits are gonna be super fun. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. yeah, I have a feeling because they keep saying when you unlock more heroes. I know we've only seen at this point five and only have seen Cap playable in that beginning cutscene, but I don't, I think this is going to become a platform and I think we're actually going to get a decent amount of heroes and I could definitely see uh, Spider-Man or somebody from his universe becoming it. That'd be um, awesome. I do want to give a shout out. I'm so glad to have Modok as the enemy. He's one of my favorite Marvel enemies. Um, especially because he's a giant floating head. Uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous that that is a, the main bad guy. So I really love the direction they're going. And this is now a buy for me. Damn. Uh, I'm very excited to check this out now. After you guys said that, yeah. man. Yeah. I hope you. Yeah, seriously, man. It, it changed my opinion. It really did. Dang. All right. Yeah. I, I was, I was in, I was in story wise because I, I like, Kamala, Miss Marvel, sort of thing. But gameplay-wise, up until this point, I wasn't like too excited. But now I'm 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 in both in on both fronts, so I'm I'm excited for September. So Roro and I will get it on PlayStation and play. <laughs> Daniel, what are you gonna get it on? Uh, if I get it, it will probably be on Xbox. But then if you get it. We will not force you to be Natasha, who I think is going to be the worst one to be. Now the question is. <laughs> I don't remember. Did they announce if crossplay is going to be a thing for this game? <sighs> I could not tell you on it. They didn't. I don't remember the, them saying anything during it. Yeah. Um. But I have to believe that at this point, given the popularity of crossplay and almost being a necessity with everything, that it is going to be almost basically going to happen. So we could possibly still play together then, guys. We could play together if it's yeah. crossplay, you know? Yeah, but like Roro and I will have like, we'll be very fast because of our dual analog oh, sticks. Yeah. And then you'll be very slow because they're all set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, here we go. Moving on, Ready at Dawn, the developer of The Order 1886 on PS4, has been acquired by Oculus slash Facebook. So uh, Facebook owns Oculus. Um so this is interesting. They uh, just released a VR game not that long ago. I can't remember the name of it, but they released a VR game, and then this acquisition happens, and apparently, I guess, Ready at Dawn's just going to be a VR developer now, uh, which is kind of disappointing, I guess. Uh, the Order 1886 was a very freaking beautiful game. That The presentation of that game was just phenomenal. I think... Uh, the main problems people had with it was uh, the story wasn't as good as it could have been. Uh, and, you know, and it literally issues. ends as it gets started. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like this acquisition is essentially just, I don't know, being the death of this developer just because, you know, they're only going to be working on VR stuff now. Unless they do something cool. I'm I'm all for this if they do something awesome like... Uh, a unique VR experience. Don't give us like a, you know, uh, a samey experience, I guess, that we already experience on VR, like Star Wars, uh, Vader Immortal, uh, that kind of experience. Give us something new, I guess, is, is what I'm looking for. Um, yeah. I, I, I still haven't had a chance to try out VR besides like at an arcade once. 
So I really am a little out of it for uh, that, but there still hasn't been any game or software or app that has made me want, damn, I really need to get it. I really need to get VR right now. It's still in that weird phase. Maybe somebody can argue that there's a game out there that I just haven't seen yet, but I don't know if you guys have had any experience with VR. I don't know if it's a game. I would just say the differing experiences uh, in virtual reality is a selling point. Um, Blood and Truth was one of my favorite games last year from uh, London Studio. Um, And it wasn't like the most technically impressive, but it just felt like, I don't know, you were actually, you were the person, you were this like gangster going on revenge. And like, you felt like your movements and all that stuff, your hands, you're, you're ducking out of bullets and all that stuff. That um, one did look cool. Yeah, even like non-traditional VR experiences such as Moss, uh, where you play like as a little rat, um, like going through the woods, but you actually aren't like playing from a first person perspective. It's a third person and you affect the world by like helping Moss while you're controlling her as well. It's just those differing experiences that I think kind of add up after a while. And I think some people might argue like Half-Life Alex might be a killer app, um, but you have to play it on PC. There's only one platform essentially that it's on. Um, And I'm not a huge Half-Life fan myself. So like that doesn't necessarily attract me to that experience, I guess. Um, But uh, yeah, I I love my uh, Oculus, um, my Oculus. Why am I? I'm drawing a blank on my headset. Quest. Yes. Thank you. My quest. I I really like the experiences I get from that, but it's very much like small experiences, bite-sized experiences. It's never, I don't feel like VR at least anytime soon is going to get to the, the point where it's taking over as your main way to play something. I feel like it's always going to be like some kind of supplement to something. Yeah. I feel like gamers would be pretty uh, against that anyway. Yeah. For they want their controllers. Yeah. I mean, plus beats Beat Saber. You play it once, you're going to be hooked. Except if you're Daniel and not good at it. You know what? I failed many times on easy. That does not mean I'm terrible at it. Okay. It does mean I'm terrible at it. Uh, Moving on. uh, Cyberpunk. We've got some Cyberpunk news. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed from September 17th to November 19th. So we got a two-month delay, unfortunately. Uh, It will be playable day one on Next Gen. They did say that, uh, which is good. Uh, The only thing that I'm concerned about now is I've been looking... Obviously, all of us have been looking forward to this game so much, and so much hype has been put into it that now it's in a position where you're trying to decide what the heck are we going to do the day that the new consoles come out because there's so much to play. And I'm obviously going to be playing Halo Infinite. There's no doubt in my mind that's happening. So the problem is, is when am I going to find time to play this freaking, like, probably 100-hour RPG? Um, Whereas before, it was in a nice spot where I had some time uh, to itself, essentially. Now you can play Marvel's Avengers. Yeah. (laughs) But that doesn't help my problem of this game launching. Hey, hey, I'm here to create problems and solve you not to solve the old ones yeah Uh, so yeah this i don't know this is a disappointment for me i don't know about what you guys think but 
it is. I understand that feeling, but I also say CD Projekt Red has earned our patience um, just with their pedigree at this point that if they need more time, especially like I think at this point, we're probably all going to have to be very forgiving when it comes to any delays more so than ever, um, because we yes, there's some big games coming out in the next six months, including Last of Us uh, this past week. But these other games that are supposed to be like on the horizon, not just horizon, by the way, uh, like fun. they're going to be significantly affected by all this COVID stuff. And it's going to be a continuous issue until there actually is a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree as well. Um, so cyberpunk, uh, is getting an event tomorrow. Uh, it's happening at noon, our time, Eastern time. Uh, they're going to have a 25 minute show with a brand new trailer and gameplay they said as well. So, uh, just to kind of, you know, keep your eyes out for that. If you're listening or watching live, uh, that is going to be an exciting event to watch. Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. What's our next one. Mixer will cease operations on July 22nd. Microsoft has announced. This is a huge uh, announcement. I was caught off guard when this uh, announcement came because they've just paid Ninja and Shroud a ton of money to join their platform to try to get people in. And uh, essentially, they're just throwing that money away now. But I think... One of the important things to take from this, I think, and I know we're running long on time already, so I'm kind of make it quick, but uh, the technology, I feel like, of Mixer, the FTL technology, where it had less than one millisecond delay between the broadcaster and the viewer, I feel like that was the most important thing from this acquisition for Microsoft, and I almost feel like that's the launching point of Project xCloud, because... Before that point, they weren't talking about, you know, using uh, cloud services to stream games to you. And I feel like they used that mixer technology in order to build Project X Cloud. And that's why you get that less than one millisecond um, or less than one second, whatever it is, uh, delay so that you can actually play something like xCloud so that it doesn't feel like super latent. Obviously, it still has a ways to go, uh, but... I feel like that was the most important thing from this acquisition. Uh, I thought it was also interesting. Ninja made thirty million from this deal, and Shroud made ten million. That's insane. What? Uh, And they're both free agents now. They're able to sign with whoever they want to sign with now. Um, So, would you guys like thirty million? If I gave you guys thirty million? Yeah. Sure. All right. Yes, I, I don't. I don't have thirty million. He so. definitely does not have thirty million. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, I, what do you guys think about this? Obviously, this is not great news, but uh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it it came out of nowhere, like you were saying. I, I was obviously not expecting this. Like I don't think anybody was, but the the people that obviously weren't expecting it the most were the people who are streaming on that platform who got. I don't think any heads up, not Ninja and like the big people, but like the everyday streamers who are streaming to hundreds or thousands of people yep. are just who probably had partnerships with Mixer and were getting paid through subscriptions and stuff like that. Now, 
now they are free agents, but now they have to essentially start over. I, I think a couple of them got like partnerships with Facebook gaming yes. and they could transfer over there. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of people are doing that, but I don't think that is the next choice for most streamers. No. So it kind of sucks that some people might have to start over with uh, with their following and stuff. But hopefully they'll get back on their feet, but it, it's kind of, that kind of sucks. Yeah, I understand why Microsoft did this. Uh, I mean, there was a report that they've only seen uh, in the last year a 2.2% growth, basically, in the streaming field. Um, But the way they went about it is for Xbox portion of Microsoft being so gamer-friendly, this is the complete opposite way to get that messaging across. Um, To basically just say, hey, this is what we're doing. You don't have a choice that we're doing it this is your notice, which is basically no notice. Yeah. Uh, very screwed up messaging with that. And a lot of people actually uh, co- like commended uh, Mixer for being extremely user-friendly and community-friendly too. Um, and just being an open platform more so than, say, Twitch or even Facebook gaming. Um, I- I'm surprised that they would have gone about it this way but i'm also not surprised given how this deal happened why ninja and shroud are not following suit i mean they've been around as far they've basically created this industry um so it's like why would they continue to go to a company when they can not only just make more but maybe feel a little bit more appreciated because i'm assuming there's going to be a lot of people that jump ship and not actually go to facebook gaming yeah and yeah, that's that was the part of the deal they announced that they were partnering partnering with Facebook Gaming for people to help people uh, go to another platform. Which Facebook Gaming did see a huge spike in uh, in user base, like they had like a hundred and fifty percent growth or something in that same period that Microsoft experienced a point two percent growth for Mixer. So while I understand, like that's a very large uh, ecosystem with how many millions of people have a Facebook account. It's not really the optimal place that streamers want to go to. Like Roro said, it's not where people are going to want to go to. So it's not that deal doesn't really help anyone. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, how everything shakes out in the end. But uh, moving on, Mike Crump is the new studio head at the coalition. Uh, he's replacing Rod Ferguson. Rod Ferguson, obviously, longtime uh, man in charge, essentially, of Gears of War with Cliff Blazinski, as we spoke about him earlier, Sean. Uh, Glowingly. Yes. Glowingly. Yeah. Uh, so this guy, uh, he actually was the studio head at the coalition before Rod Ferguson joined them. Uh, if you remember, when they were called Black Tusk, actually, they showed off a game uh, a new IP that looked sort of like a Shanghai like bank heist type game uh, before they ended up Microsoft bought the uh, uh, the Gears of War license and then they were essentially assigned Gears of War uh, and Rod Ferguson was brought in. So the man who was in charge during that time, he is now the man in charge again, which is interesting. Uh, I think they will be fine. I don't see this being a big issue. Uh, obviously, this guy's been been at the studio, the coalition, since the beginning. So I don't see that being a problem. Uh, I think it is interesting uh, moving forward after Gears of War 6 or Gear 6, whatever they call it, 
uh, just to see if they move on to like a new IP or if they continue. Because I love the Gears of War story, uh, but I'm just not sure how far down that, that path they can go. Uh, it'll be, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see see what happens with their next game for sure. Um, do you guys remember that uh, Bank Heist game back in, I want to say it was like 2014, 2013? That the coalition and or it was. I literally up. only remember Payday as being a bank heist game. That's it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was just like a CG teaser. It. I thought it looked pretty cool, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, moving on to the final news story, which is quite possibly the I biggest news story I of all you. time, guys. I hate you. <laughs> so we already know what this is. Halo Infinite has a new teaser that they published today on their social media and YouTube. Uh, essentially, it is confirming the Banished are returning as the main antagonist for Halo Infinite. Uh, and they were, the Banished were essentially a group of brutes uh, that were the main enemy in Halo Wars 2, which is the RTS. Uh, it's very interesting that they use them because they've never done that before where they've brought so many characters from the rts into the traditional game but atriox who is the head of the banished he is such a badass character like he is such a badass character that i love this move and the audio clip that they they had uh was essentially a brute saying like the prophets are not here and we're not listening to the lies and stuff like that so it's just getting me even more hyped for the July Xbox event. This is the first piece of Halo, substantial piece of Halo information we've gotten since 2019's E3 trailer. It's just insane. The drought is real. <laughs> I I just can't. I can't wait anymore, guys. So I'm excited. You guys, I know, are excited for Halo Infinite as well. Oh, yeah. We decided to give you this time, Daniel, to speak mine. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's not a podcast if I don't talk about Halo. So <laughs> moving on to the games we are playing, which will end uh, the show here. Uh, I am just to kind of go over mine quick because I'm not doing a whole lot. I was working on a lot of stuff for the podcast here uh, to try to make this new look and stuff uh, work pretty well. Uh I am still continuing my Master Chief Collection Legendary run. I am uh, about halfway through Halo 3 ODST. And then after Halo 3 ODST, all I have left is Reach. And I'll be done with my playthrough. So I'm excited to be done with my solo Legendary run. Um, so, Roro, I know you are probably playing The Last of Us Part 2. How are you liking it? Oh, I, I finished it. I finished The Last of Us Part 2 two days ago. Um, after I finished it, I was like, I was a little conflicted, mm -hmm. not with whether I liked it or not, but just so much emotions. Yeah. I just needed to digest it a little bit. But uh, I enjoyed my time with it. I am already starting a second playthrough of it. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Sweet. Awesome. We're going to have to have like a spoiler cast at some point when Sean finishes it. But awesome. yeah. yeah, obviously I did not finish it. Um, I had a, <laughs> it was a busy week for me, but uh, still I am loving it. I, I guess I 
maybe get where the hate's coming from, but again, I actually enjoy what they're hating about uh, without going into anything spoiler-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I, I think I'm at the point where I, I don't know if I like it better than one. I still am at I still like one better. Um, but I will say I like the gameplay um, and the stress a lot better right now in two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I the dogs, which I know you've seen in the trailers, the dogs stress you out. Um, <laughs> God, I if I I remember yesterday. Um, I was in an area and literally there was three dogs. I had two of them that had my scent. I'm like just throwing bricks. I eventually get discovered and I'm just like running and gunning. Well, I accidentally just fall into a building. There's a shambler and then <laughs> I just die. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me. Oh my God. It doesn't help that I do. I am playing it on a, the harder difficulty just because I do oh like that stress of the resources um it it feels obviously more so in this game than last of us but my god am i limited on everything that i can do but the crafting i think is a lot lot doesn't feel quicker but it feels a lot more uh natural uh with ellie and everything um so i i'm really enjoying it hope to finish it uh this week uh but yeah i i see the divisiveness i just don't agree with the divisiveness yeah i will say after like the people actually started playing the game on Friday, uh, I did get a little bit of a feeling where I was like, all right, maybe I should have played this from the get go. And I really do. I'm conflicted because the gameplay I know is going to be absolutely amazing. And I, I really love what they're doing in terms of the tone of the game. It's just there's very specific things that I have a problem with and how they told the story uh, and what happens to certain characters way too early in the game, uh, in my opinion. Uh, It just feels like, I don't know. All right. So if you have not played The Last of Us Part 2. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. It's literally been out for five days. No, but they we're ending the podcast. We're at the end of the show. So just turn it off right now. Just turn turn it off right now if you have not finished The Last of Us Part 2. That is the worst moratorium I've ever heard on a game. (laughs) I just want to explain why. So my problem is, my problem is, is when you have a brand new character that's introduced into the game and Joel dies literally in the first, what, two to three hours of the game. My problem is him dying to a brand new character that is literally just introduced. And he was such a fan favorite character in the first game. I love Joel like Joel. And I get that's what they're trying to go for is that emotional impact from that. But at the same time, you have to be self-aware and say, like, people love that character. It just didn't feel as genuine to me to kill a beloved character with a brand new character that literally just started on screen. And then almost it feels like a slap to the face, in my opinion, when you go and play that character and you're playing with someone who just killed your favorite character. Like... I don't know that that was my biggest problem with the game is how they delivered that. I like you have to think of it, though. It's it's the way they're telling their story. Like 
Uh, it's to the point of we always say like, oh man, post-apocalyptic, like this and that, like what would happen? Like their story essentially is telling you, and you can tell by the way that Ellie kills people, no one that you truly cheer for is a good person. Right. <laughs> they are all basically forced in this survival-esque thing where everyone tries to justify that they're actually the good guy. Yeah. I mean, even the weird rapey cannibal guy from the first game, I think his name was Sam. Mm -hmm. uh, David. David. Th yeah, thank you. David. He thinks he's a good person, but obviously we know he is not. Yeah. So it's like, it, it's just you're experiencing that from a different perspective and how somebody can justify their actions. Even Joel, if you just knew Joel as somebody that was hunting Ellie the entire time, but he, it's because he had a father daughter connection with her at the end of the first game. Yeah. You might be pissed to start back up and like realize, Oh, I'm going to play as her. So it's, it's just, you have to figure out how, if you're okay with that type of story where you are going to play as the bad guy, you are not a hero. And they've, made that known that joel was never a hero yeah and i and i don't think joel was a hero i don't i just it he's a character that you grew with throughout the experience of the last of us part one and you came attached to him essentially so i likened it to halo 2 when you play as arbiter in the middle of halo 2 and like what if Bungie back then had said, all right, we're going to make Arbiter kill the Master Chief in Halo 2? Like, that would have infuriated people. That's in, my, that's in my mind what I'm thinking when I'm seeing this, a brand new character come in and kill one of my favorite, like, protagonists of all time, really. Like, Joel mm -hmm. is literally, like, one of my favorites. He doesn't have to be a good guy for me to be, for him to be a favorite of mine. Uh it's just you become attached to those characters based on what you've played of those other games. Uh, I know we're running long. Roro, uh, what what I don't what do you want to say about it? No, I, I, I there were times. Well, obviously, we you know we play as Abby um, in the game as we we're discussing. There were definitely times where I was like, <laughs> where I was definitely <laughs> where I was like. Um, I don't want to play as Abby right now. Like, I, just the way that I'm feeling, like, get me out of this. I want to be Ellie right now. And, and I think that is how you're supposed to feel, how Naughty Dog wants you to feel when you're playing her. Eventually, as the story goes on, you may continue to hate her. You may continue to warm up to her. But as Sean was saying, I think it's, it's very deliberate with how early everything gets started off, gets started off with Joel and Ellie and Abby. Um, but I... I, I thought it worked really well. Um, there were times where I was playing as Abby where I was like, I really don't want to do this as her. I really don't want to do this as her. But the game makes you do that and it makes you feel a certain way. Sometimes it makes you feel like, I, I think a lot of people are just like, this person sucks because she did this and I don't want to play this game because it's making me do these things. But I don't know. I think there's just so much more to that than the game than Naughty Dog making you do something that you don't want to. I think it, it has to do with the story and the context of everything. And, I, and by the end of it, I was like, I'm glad that I played as Abby in those moments. Well, I, just, yeah, just, just as Ellie's story is all about revenge for Joel's murder, Abby's own personal story is revenge on her father's murder. Joel killed her father. Yeah. So it's like, 
technically both people are right it's just a it's a cycle of violence and i think that's their point is this is a cycle of violence yeah and we'll talk about this more later at a later point you started this i I know i know i did i know i did uh but yeah i i have another problem with the game but we won't talk about that until you finish it so uh thank you everyone for watching us live uh, i know it was a little bit long but uh appreciate you for sticking it out thank you sean thank you roro i appreciate you guys sticking it out and uh giving me lots of good info so uh much love and keep on gaming deuces <laughs>